right and the left. That's correct. You are. Because you're living on a line. It's a linear expansion in this direction and the other one. It has infinite length but infinitesimal gain. Timeline is only one dimension for you to meet your friends in meters on the line. Get a new Getting theme song the, for one episode. Just yeah, that's our like the new bit is cre- we, it's we create a new podcast RSS feed for each new podcast that we make for each new episode. <laughs> totally different title, new yeah. podcast every week. Yeah, yep. That's when we really want to get very esoteric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the final descent. I was We're thinking we yet. could do a little new theme song, maybe like Prince or something. Mm-hmm. Smooth. I've been listening to the entire Prince discography over the past few weeks. Prince was so good. Dude, what a fucking talent. Yeah. What a talent. Shout out to Prince. Shout him out. Just grinding. I've driven, I think I've driven for eight hours in the past seven days. It's been, it's been a lot of driving and I'm about to actually (laughs) after the, can I tell you, I was like, I, I was, I didn't know which, if that was a lot of driving for you or a little driving, because is that's that frankly, lot, is that not a lot of driving? No, not really. I don't think. Is it eight hours? A guy who works days? from home? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let I mean, me I illustrate. Got... Let me, you know what? I understand because now I heard it back and it's not <laughs> yeah, a lot. If you like, drive yeah, to work every day. I, I was but like, yeah, that I... seems slightly below average, but okay. But would, what well, if let's I see where the story this goes. way? Okay. What if I put it to you this way? Eight that hours. was done in two trips. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, it's really like I drove two stints of straight up four hours yeah. over the past week, which see, it does hit differently. Yes, it does. And that see, that's my typical. That's my typical arrangement because I also work. Is that what you? Oh, because you drive to other cities to yes, to do it, work sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, for example, I did a day trip in Houston the other week, which is five. You know, four and a half, yeah. five hours down. Well, you you know, you get back. in your car. And then yep. you dr- always you drive to a different city because you drive about five feet into a different nation. Yep, that's right. First, I have right. to get through border. You're uh, actually always commuting internationally when you go to get groceries. So I'm a for you, I mean, you're a very international guy. Citizen, yeah, I'm a world citizen. Yeah, I'm a citizen a sovereign, of the globe. <laughs> a world yeah. sovereign citizen. When if you, you will. travel, you know, internationally as much as I do, Bert, you begin to become cultured in ways that. Um, someone who works from home and thinks eight hours of driving in a week is a lot could never. Yeah, really... I know. I, I really, I really shit on myself with that setup. Yeah. Yeah. I should have set it up a different way. <laughs> it was, that, that's like the I most should have really average, set it up a different the way. Most <laughs> average like numbers you could <laughs> Dude, have created. I, drink, like, I had three glasses of water a day <laughs> and I'm like, huh? Like, is that like, uh-huh. how, yeah. how do I, how did, how does the, how does the spirit of the podcast dictate? I respond to this. What, There's what, people who where are should, right where should I be? at the very edge of listening to this show because they kind of hate us <laughs> and me starting the episode by going, man, I, I drove eight hours in the past seven days. They just go shut up and they turn the episode off and they unsubscribe. It, on hour That's nine of, at their, least of their, of their work travel. <laughs> I know. Yeah. From a guy who works from home, it's a lot in two stints, but yeah, I'm going to shut up because it's true. It's not that much. 
It's really not that much. <laughs> it's not even that it's not that much. It's like the exact amount I would have guessed. It's the, like it's for so much. It's like that's yeah. about a half hour commute each way for seven work days. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah, basically is. That's true. That's good. And it yeah. was all just a setup to explain that I'm driving to Childerberg. That was it. Yeah, you, you know, you mentioned that uh, in the in our I think you texted me that and I and I didn't address it at the time because I was doing something but I thought about it I was like wow he's driving to oh it was when we were planning this episode um you you said uh car I'm sorry but and really I'm gonna be sorry to the to the to the board but this week and this week only we may not be able to broadcast live on Wednesday and I said not live on Wednesday, I don't think. Right. But I think if we do our due diligence, we can do a Childerberg-based episode. I think we can okay. get it done. I think for so, like too. The Thursday that after? I, I, I'll commit us to something because I don't think it's very hard for us to go out there and do an episode. But, you know, yeah, I'm going to be gone for a so- week. Take me through Take me through it. Where, where are we starting? I mean, I, I know I, but, you know, probably 200 miles outside of Miami, you're going to be sweating. I mean, it's going to be way more oh. driving than you've than you've even experienced. And probably if I'm working the numbers right since the last four or five I months, yeah, since the <laughs> last time you went to Childerberg. <laughs> yeah, uh, since I moved down to Miami, actually was a 22 hour drive. Yeah, dude, Florida's so long. I had to drive drive to Fort Lauderdale one time. Big dick of a state. Yeah, it's a big long driving that shaft for days, man. Yeah, and you're either driving from the top of the shaft, or or down the bottom of the shaft. And a lot of people forget about the lower half of that shaft Mm -hmm. a lot of the times. But that's a lot of space in that lower half of Florida shaft. You got the. I mean, frankly, the capital's right there. The most important place is right at that lower part of the shaft. In Is Florida. It? Yeah. Yeah. Right at the base. Tallahassee. Yeah. You play with that tallow- Tallahassee. That's right. We're going to go through to Pensacola. It really all does sound kind of dickish. Now, mm. <laughs> now yeah. that I'm Pins- saying Pensacola. It. Yeah. Pensacola. Tallahassee. Tallahassee. <laughs> Miami. <laughs> Miami. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to draw. Yeah. We're. Well, I'm starting at Fort Myers. I'm starting. <laughs> All right, that's enough. (laughs) Gainesville. (laughs) Jacksonville. Come on, they're all kind of dicky. If you you stretch your mind a little bit, Mm -hmm. they're all a little bit dicky. Every single one of them. We're going to be starting in Fort Myers. Okay. Florida. Um, not Dicky. We're gonna be starting in Fort Myers, Florida, on the west coast of Florida, down near the base of the shaft, the, the tip of the shaft, down near the mm-hmm. tip of the shaft, on the southern side. Not the tip, tip. That would be you know going out towards the Keys. But let's say the base of the tip. Let's say the mm-hmm. base of the tip. Um, and we're going all the way from there through Tampa, through Orlando, through Tallahassee, through Pensacola, through Mobile, through Baton Rouge. Probably through something else, through Houston, through Ant- San Antonio, into the destination. Rebecca Creek Campgrounds in, what's it called? Tanglewood? Uh, Tanglewood? Something, something, something like, like that. that. I haven't even Tangle Plains. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a fucking hell of a trip. We're going to do in two days. I think probably most people would probably do that in... Well, hopefully we're going to arrive at the campgrounds on the end of the second day is really what we're thinking. 
So what? Um, Wait, it's going to so, be a hell of a journey. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what day so are you that's arriving? Be a thing. We don't know. It could be Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. Good. By the time the listeners are hearing this, I may just be pulling in, which is like two days too early. So don't go. Don't go to the campgrounds. Uh, two days too early. It starts on Friday. So we're probably going to be dwelling in those woods two days early because nobody else is going to be camping there because it's before Memorial Day weekend. Well, um, I mean, why not just get a campsite early? That's what we're thinking about doing, but we're only going to do it when we get there So because we're irresponsible. So that's probably okay. what we're going to do. Yeah. I think I might go down there early. I, I uh, You might go down there early? Well, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we'll, I'm we'll be, be there Wednesday night. I'm going to be basically in a state of roaming Texas from Wednesday to Tuesday. I think. Oh, right. Is that right? So we got very Ye- similar things going on. So what you're like traveling between places? Yeah. Which I have not entirely integrated in how I'm going to do it. Right. But I'm going to get Childerberg time in, in intermittently. Okay. Right. So, well, yeah. for those listeners who stood on after my little eight hours, woe is me comment, we're just letting you know we're going to try to get an episode up, probably recorded at Childerberg, but I can't land that episode until I get solid internet service, which could be in a hotel on Wednesday, but it could also be Thursday. Should expect something, but it may not be the day you expect. Just get that out at the beginning of the episode because, man, they get angry. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. They get angry, and even the ones who don't pay get angry, which I feel is a little... Yeah, in fact, that's true. Our Patreon listeners, they have a rage inside of them, but it's quenched by love. It's quenched by a deep love. The unpaid listeners are full of wrath, just raging... Just nasty. Yeah, as I I have termed them in the past, (laughs) nasty little guys that they are. Yeah, the nasty little guys that they are. Yeah, so that's a thing. Um, Also, you weren't around for it last week, but Aaron and I, we did some, I don't know if this happened on the TLE episode or if it happened on the Over the Line episode. That was the last Over the Line episode. We're going to be transitioning into the Linear Mail podcast when we return from our Childerberg pilgrimage which means nothing other than that that we have bumpers now it's going to be a little bit more official maybe i'll start setting up a format for it uh that's different from this um or maybe i won't who knows (laughs) who really can tell but that's coming uh but on that episode maybe it was on that episode or it was on the concurrent tle uh aaron and i were talking about because you know our fans have so much rage inside of them wrath so We've been trying to think about ways to kind of quench that rage, that that anger that they have inside of them. One of the ways we thought was opening up a Google voice number and taking <laughs> listener calls. Good Lord. Now, there was a little bit of oscillation between should we do this for the Patreon only? Should we do this for all of our angry, 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 hateful listeners? Or should we do it just for a temporary amount of time for a select group? We're going to be that pilot program is launching on the first linear mail episode. So that's something that our Patreon listeners can look towards. We're going to be releasing that number on the Patreon. Listen, if you guys share it outside of the Patreon, really, it's your loss. You guys are going to get drowned out. So keep it a secret or don't. That's going to be the ne- that's going to be the next T-shirt. Keep the number a secret or don't. I or guess don't. You're, we're going to try to feel some listener calls. 
Or are you free? And not you to? know what we're gonna do? And I reserve this. If the listener calls suck, you're never gonna hear them. So make them good. Yeah. Make them good. Because if they're painful to get through, nobody. I, no, we've been doing the show for several years. I know what people want to hear. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear you going. I don't know. I can't even predict. They want to hear good stuff. So get on there, yell some slurs, and hurt some people. Good. We'll release to, that. Are you, are you staying to Monday? Sorry to change the subject, but <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was yeah, kind of staying until Monday morning. <laughs> you were going That's on okay. about well, rebranding or something. I don't know. Well, what, all right, TLDR, you're going to need to listen to some listener calls. Okay, that's fine. I can do that. That's what we're going to need from you. I was busy being a CEO. You're running around. You're sleepy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Your hat is down. Tough being a sleepy CEO that you are. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be there Monday. Listeners, when we get back, we'll do our first uh, linear mail. Um, we'll release the phone number. Send us some stuff. Or don't. Or you're free not to. <laughs> um, yawn, 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 yawn. We got some news. Yep. Do we? They're calling you the golden throat. Sorry? The listeners. They're calling you the golden throat. I can only assume that has horrendous sexual undertones. They love your voice. We did oh. a poll. We did a poll about who's got the best voice. Overwhelmingly, Car Camp it. I, did, I would have expected Pause to beat me out there, if I'm being honest. Overwhelmingly, huh. Car Camp it. The golden throat you've been dubbed. The golden <laughs> throat. How are you feeling about that? How do you feel about having the most sultry voice on the number one 18-wheeler crash and spill tracking podcast? Probably not just in America, but in the entire world. It's quite an honor uh, to be leading the vocal quality charge on this venerable show uh, with important national security implications vis-a-vis 18-wheelers. does. It uh, does. Infrastructure. That's true. So uh, it's not something I take lightly, and I do appreciate it. I would like to thank all the board members who voted me as such. Um, feels good. Great. Very, very, very moving. Very, very moving. Um, we, we look forward to hearing more out of your voice, I think. We look forward to hearing it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we've jumped off the Bud Light train. Uh, that kind of... There was no particular 18-wheeler crash, but the company itself has totally crashed. It's in the dirt. What's the Dylan latest? Mulvaney strikes again. Yeah, what's the latest here? Miller Light joins the fray. Okay, on what side? Are there sides? I mean, what's... Miller Light joins the side. Women are the first to brew beer. Okay, that was their statement. Okay, okay. so we're they're not doing well. We've checked the stocks. They're not doing great. It's a crazy assertion. I know. It's just like... one of those things. How do you know? What do you mean? Yeah, I don't know. What do you mean would... by that? It's because like I, the language I could... you. <laughs> I couldn't tell you if they were the first or they were not the first because I have no like, oh, man, that's great. I also like that it's completely orthogonal to, I think, what the original discussion was. It's just Miller Lite wants to pipe up with something asinine. That's great. So that was last week's news. Yeah. A new company has jumped head 
first into the fray. Ford Motors. Ford Motors has what is being described as a very gay advertisement. It's basically they put a rainbow on a Ford Raptor. And the whole commercial is them doing the Ford stuff. Talking about redefining the meaning of tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except it's about gays. So the ad is like. You know what makes America tough? Doing three poppers and taking two dudes in the butt. Like, and then there's like a <laughs> dust cloud scene. <laughs> that peels out and peels out of a Taco Bell parking yeah. lot into a dirt trail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's good. It, um, you know what makes America strong? Is that lining up that next Prince CD? <laughs> <laughs> are you are you on the second hour of your, <laughs> you have to, of, is this your, your bi-weekly drive? To yeah. Purple rain on this trip, <laughs> on this twenty-two hour trip to Childerberg. Yeah. Is this your fourth time listening to Purple Rain? <laughs> Honest question here: Are we? If you. I, I want to reiterate, this is an honest question. I'm not asking this sure. with any understanding. If you polled the gay male community, yeah, would they want to be classified? Like, And you gave them five words. I, I pretend what the other four are. I don't know. Yeah, five Delightful, words. pretty. Charming. Charming, whatever. Cantankerous, goofy. Fun. Yeah. yeah. All would the ways tough, you describe your gay friends. Would tough be something that they would be clamoring <laughs> to be described as? I think one of those words that I would use to describe most of the gays that I know is honest, which would yeah. cancel out the other words. Yeah. <clears throat> it, it just seems like they're. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think tough. I don't think is top five gay words. Okay. No. So. I think most gay. I think most of, uh, of my gay friends would want handsome, yeah, intelligent, hardworking. Mm-hmm. They, I, I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about this. Tough is not top ten gay right. words. Not I don't top think ten so gay words. Not from not from any I know. Tough talk. That's what the subjects of uh, the episode was. Tough talk. This is a, we gotta have a tough talk. About, you know, opening up, being gay, driving your Ford around. Driving gay trucks. Your rainbow Ford. Yeah, your gay truck. I mean, it's a it's very gay. Mm-hmm. It's very gay. The 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 car in the video, you got a nice blue car, you got a rainbow car, lots going on. It's very gay. They've jumped into the fray, but it just jumped into the fray. This was not about uh two days ago. Two days ago they jumped into the fray. So they're redefining tough. Goes a uh, 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 viral. The backlash is currently happening. Most people haven't heard about it. Good old Dave Rubin just did a video on it, which means the normazoids are going to figure out soon. So we'll know in about four or five days when Tim Cast does a two-hour episode on this controversy. We'll know kind of where things stand. Because here's what I'm predicting. The gay, the gay stuff. So a great way to start a... a a description mm-hmm. it starts with bud light mm-hmm. and there's a backlash mm-hmm. but with every as marx reminded us with every revolution afterwards comes the parody okay. what i expect is that ford is going to be the bridge 
between the get this gay stuff off my screen into the right wing. Okay, what's going on here? And that we TLE exists in that liminal space between the two. We've tried to call a lot of these before. We've called a lot of these before these cultural phenomenon before. I think you remember how we had ultra right beer and that was just a little tipple, just a little bit into the parody, just a little touch. I think we're going to start seeing like some like, like I'm thinking what's a right wing car company. (laughs) GMC is GMC or Volkswagen. (laughs) Well, they wouldn't be allowed to do a lot of the advertisements. Yeah. (laughs) Buy your new Volkswagen. That's hundreds of dollars. It's just like a. Sh- Americans we're lining up see, to buy their new Volkswagens. Volkswagen bugs. We're going to see. I think, and I think it's going to be. We're going to add another Marxist principle, Hegelian. We're going to we're going to do a little dialectical synthesis here. I think right wing gays are going to start making commercials. Dude, that'd be fun as hell. Dude, I'm thinking we're going to get some. Are you tired of seeing all these wimpy fags on your screen? And it's two gay guys like <laughs> holding hands, but they're buff. You know, they're buff and they're wearing cowboy hats. And they're in their and they're in their and they're in their Volkswagen. Rough out, they're horsing around, but rough. <laughs> yeah. And they're in their Volkswagen being a little bit rough, horsing around, like you said. And they're talking about all these wimpy gays on screen. Get these guys off. It's time for a new generation of gay. And it's a shot of off into the distance is the sun. (laughs) And you just see one of the guys, blue jeans, step into the frame. And then thwack, you see the other guy's hand grip that guy's butt. And that's the shot. The sun's in the distance. And over it, it goes (laughs) Volkswagen 2023 gay tough <laughs> that's what it says <laughs> the era of aggressive horseplay is upon us bird. <laughs> and we have a podcast to document it and instead of like the four i'm thinking instead of the ford advertiser there is a, like a german like a vaguely german volkswagen gay tough strong something strong. like that the new era of dangerous horseplay. A bit of tough roughhousing. Dangerous horseplay. Aggressive. Gri- gripping your friends on the butts. Or maybe they are more than friends. Do you... <laughs> Do you find yourself driving? Engaging in horseplay? <laughs> Volkswagen. I just can't quit you. Choo, 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 choo. You can echo of that movie in the background. Uh, Fuck. Yeah, I'm thinking we could go a lot of ways, but this is my, let me light my Jupiter up. This is my theory, is I think we're going to hit the apogee of seriousness here. Um, It doesn't happen with every phenomenon, but gay, gay, I believe, is one of these phenomenon that's where it's going to rebound but it's got to synthesize at some point. You see, like we've because our our race relation problems in this country, they were getting better until Obama. Then they started getting worse. So the 90s really was the prior synthesis of race relations where everybody was really racist. But friends, mm-hmm. I think we're going into 
you know, and now we're dealing with today, there's another antagonist for that situation, which is why we're seeing what we're seeing. And we'll eventually see a synthesis of that, too. And this is the Hegelian frame view. It makes me feel comfortable to think in these terms. Fine. The gay stuff hasn't hit its synthesis yet. Okay, because they just got the right to marry. Wasn't that long ago. That was the prior cultural synthesis. Enough people came together. They were like, get these gays wedding rings. Get them together. We're just starting. We're just starting. And that was at a point of great conflict. We're just starting to see kind of the final ripples of this prior period emerge. And, you know, this is why they're all kind of flaming out. They're going to flame out really hard. Bud Light first going for it. And Bud Light obviously wasn't a gay thing. It was a trans thing, but it's becoming a gay thing. It's becoming a gay thing. So the way that we're going to receive cultural synthesis, and this is the science behind this. I have it, I have tested this. The way we're going to get cultural synthesis is we're going to need, you know, the tough, the tough, as, as Ford has pointed out, the strong horse players to come out and do a little rough stuff on the screens. Just a little bit of horsing around. <clears throat> Nay. So that's I'm what excited. we can expect from them, at least. Um, and, and we'll put that story to bed uh, for, the, for the future. Volkswagen. Suck dicks. I don't know what they would... <laughs> what, what, we need a strong... We need a strong, like, two-word tagline like because isn't ford's built tough or something like that yeah yeah we uh, need volkswagen blow cocks like we need something no. that hits <laughs> can't be that on the nose. really hard come on this is something that we need this is how advertising works <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll put it to bed for now yeah think about it think about it the city of <clears throat> bakhmut has fallen my friend saw that the city of Bakhmut is done. It's over. They keep coming up with cities that I realize that I, I didn't previously know existed, and and they say yeah. it's fallen, and I say, okay, Areslaville, Gormok. You wouldn't know. These are all cities that have fallen in in the past. The Russians are moving slowly. We'll say they seem to be moving very slowly. However, they are seeing and there's a lot of areas where the Russians are not finding a lot of success. Although whose reports do you want to believe on that? TLEs. That's who. Because, you, right. you know, we're the news. So they, they're struggling, but they're moving slowly. But they've taken the city of Bakhmut. And they've done it through a couple of. Well, I guess like unorthodox means although i don't know how unorthodox it is a lot of this a lot of this war yes it's being fought on the ground but a lot of this war is being fought by drones the critical component of of moscow's military tactics is drone warfare and these are bomb dropping drones a lot of bomb dropping drones to clear out positions so that the infantry can go in and clean up clean up the mess 10,000 aerial drones per month on the side of Ukraine have been downed. 10,000 per, what do you think, year? Month. Every month they're losing 10,000 drones. And these are all different kinds of highly capable drones. 
they they all look pretty much exactly the same. It's basically that little floaty thing, and it has a box under it. And the box opens up, and it drops whether it be uh, bombs or 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 rate or I don't know. There's like stationary radar they drop down. Also, they do encryption, decryption. They try to intercept transmissions. They do a lot of stuff. Ten thousand per month. What America wants to know. How much is that costing us? It's got to be a lot of fucking money per month. Um, They're fighting this war. We are losing badly. This is not something that has been widely reported. Uh, But I don't know who got this audit information because they haven't, you know, they haven't told us one other fucking thing. Um, So I don't know where this audit information is coming from, but things are looking, you know, America's number one. Can we say this? China supporting podcasts, which is us. Mm-hmm. We need to keep an eye on this war because I believe right now the over under says Russia. Where are you at on this? On <clears throat> who's winning the war? Yeah. You know, that's such a difficult question to answer. I, I would be inclined to say Russia, but it's I, again, you know, the things that we were talking about in the very beginning. And through the first months was I don't understand what the what is success. You know what I what mean? What is the, the objective? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I just don't know what the objective <laughs> is. So for me to say, yes, this or that nation or series of nations are winning is very difficult because I don't know what I winning was, is. I was watching a, and it's in Russian, so you don't really catch their intonations or whatever. But I was watching Russian TV not long ago, maybe three weeks ago. And that question was posed. Uh, it was okay. So it was like a panel of people. So there was a, a woman pres- who was the presenter. Um, there were two men. There were two men. And one of them was dressed in military regalia. It was very funny because it looked almost like something that would be on African TV. Because, you know, on African TV, there's always like one guy with a wearing a weapon when he's on TV, it was very like military TV, whatever it was. And I don't know if that was on purpose. The guy wasn't wearing a weapon, but there was one Russian like general or somebody wearing that kind. And then there was one regularly dressed guy. So three people total, one presenter woman and two dudes, one wearing military regalia and the military regalia guy. And I can't remember his fucking name because, you know, they all have 25 syllables in their names. The woman poses the question that you just posed roughly to the military guy and his and I I'm not even going to try to paraphrase but I it was kind of stunning because the way he posed it and again it was in Russian so I can't catch their tones but he basically went we're just kind of taking this thing one day at a time <laughs> which is you know Seems, if that's true if true insane but <clears throat> what am I what am I to be led to believe like with yeah, anything I've seen w- and and that was kind of the thought process that I went through was, and I this I remember more vividly, was I was kind of stunned, but I stopped and I went, yeah, of course, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about all the wars that we've fought. And yes, I don't know if who which general it was who broke the story about how they had nine countries they wanted to take in yeah, however yeah, right. many years. But everybody knows that story. And that's not planning. Right. That's just going, this would be nice if we did yeah. this. And there are documents that go, actually, the military has practically everything documented. But in terms of 
The way that you posed the question, Carr, if I may assume, and certainly the way that I'm remembering the question was posed to the Russian general guy was, like, what's the point? Not, not, you said, how do we know when we won? And surely the Russians have written down, well, if we take Ukraine, we've won. But that's not really what you're asking. You're kind yeah. of asking, when does this stop? Or at what point is there like a temporal ceasing of this? Like what actually has to happen mm -hmm. in order to win this war? And the Russian general basically was like, we're going to see as it goes. And, and, and it sounds ridiculous at first, but then you go, isn't that kind of how the war on terror was won? Yeah. Or lost well, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, or whatever. That was yeah. kind of because it's not over. But that's kind of what they were doing. Remember back in the Bush days when the color of the thing would change every day? Yeah, the terror. The alert, alert color. And it was like backwards or something, or maybe it wasn't backwards. It was red was really bad, right? Yeah. It got worse and then it hit like black. Yeah, it was. That's right. I forgot about the lettering or the coloring our, snafu. Our country was... is really great where black is worse than red. <laughs> and then you kind of think about some historical precedents yeah. that might have set those colors up. Yeah. I, I, I think that is what the Russians. I got to take a doobie hit for this one. Yeah, this is going to be I a big I think that's what the take. Russians are kind of trying to set up is a. Uh, and then you kind of you put it together in your head when the, the way they talk about the Ukraine war, they're handling it like a war on terror. Yeah. And they're just being more open about it, I guess. You know, it, it but is that's at what's the end so fucking weird. Yeah. Our country was so dishonest about it being a war on terror. They called it a war on terror, but it was a war to get Saddam Hussein out first. Mm -hmm. And then to and then it kind of became a general war on terror. And that's like we had some very we went into Iraq and it's like six weeks. We did exactly what we needed to do. And then somehow we never left, mm -hmm. never stopped because it was two parter. I'm wondering if Russia is in that first phase. They have a plan. It's hard for us to see because there is more of that context of also, we know that there's going to be Ukrainian terrorists until the end of time after we wrap this thing up. So we're doing that part, too. But right now, is Zelensky just their Saddam? Like, are they just trying to reinstall a guy like they used to have? Is that what this is? It's not a territorial war. Like, what is... It seems like the United States, because of the NATO thing, and because they keep using this, this rhetoric of they'll go to Poland next, which is fucking insane, obviously. Nobody believes that. But they keep using this territorial language. But the Russians, this, this entire time, Putin's been selling this as a, we got to get these Nazis out. Yeah. Actually, the way that you're phrasing this makes a lot of sense. And it's not something that I had explicitly thought about beforehand. But that if you compare this to something like Saddam, and you say because because the news reports are coming out now where like most of Europe is very frustrated with Zelensky, it appears, but they're kind yes. of in a bind because they can't they can't really openly necessarily yeah, say that yep, because yeah. they'd be holding to the Biden administration and, you know, the bigger forces at play. But, yeah, that could very well be it. Russia just keeps this thing going until everybody gets so frustrated that they're like, well, Zelensky's got to go. And then Russia may have a hand in putting the next guy in. Yeah, that, that absolutely could be the case. Uh, and then if Russia gets gets their guy in there or at least someone that they're happy with, plus, you know, the the land concessions, perhaps from from this uh, 
quote unquote war, then yeah, maybe that is a win for them. Yeah, I mean, do they need territorial expansion? I mean, they have always wanted to reintegrate territorially that Russian ethnic yeah. m- uh, minority to the east. They have always uh-huh. wanted that, so I do expect that and maybe Bakhmut is part of that plan. I don't I don't and this is my me, me admitting my ignorance here. I don't know the strategic significance of Bakhmut. I don't know I, where it sits. I, I Do you? I know it's in the east, and I know it's kind of in that vague strip of Russian Ukrainians that stretches down to the Black Sea. And I'm sure the Black Sea access has a lot of implications. So, you know, I, I you know, that that's I, that would be my, you know, back of the napkin so, kind of estimation. What, I'm, what I also want to ask is, and this is a rhetorical question, although I, I feel like I've made my mind up on it. If you're a Russian citizen in 2014 and Obama starts up the Syrian war, how much different does that look from your perspective as an American's perspective on what's going on in Ukraine right now? Hmm. Because we were waging a terror war. Of course, mm-hmm. it was to try to overthrow whatever his name is. Assad. Bashar al-Assad. Bashar al-Assad. It was to knock him off or at least get him to cooperate. But we yeah. were waging a war on terror to do it. So we are fighting ISIS, but we are not not fighting Assad. It's right. a little bit less direct than the fact that Russia has literally straight up declared <laughs> war yeah. on yeah, Zelensky, on Zelensky's regime. How much different does it really look on the ground in terms of what you're hearing about strategically captured areas? Or what when you ask the question, so a Russian citizen poses, because Syria and Russia have some relationship, a a Russian citizen who operates a weekly podcast where, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, maybe Venezuela is their favorite government. What what are what question is that Russian citizen asking? Are they going, what is America's goal here to just kind of get rid of ISIS yeah. Well, why do they need to capture these cities to do that? Because, you know, at the end of the day, the fucking Kurds are the ones who ended up clearing um, Aleppo out. I barely mm-hmm. remember that, which would have been funny. That um, would have been funny. Um, Gary Johnson wasn't wrong. Nobody remembered Aleppo 10 years later than him. He just forgot earlier. He's got higher priorities. Um, <laughs> I I don't know how different really it looks. Like, it started as a as what we think of as like the way that World War Two was waged, right? In Russia and Ukraine, it kind of started in that World War Two way, where like there were battle formations and tanks and maps overhead. You didn't see that shit for did you? Maybe you saw that shit for Desert Storm, but like, were there were no strategic maps on TV for like what was going on in Afghanistan in 2017. There's none of that. Yeah. And I feel like we're already in that liminal space between, okay, we're seeing the maps of Bakhmut starting off kind of World War II, but you just asked the crucial question. What's the objective? And that's the part that seems very terror war to me. Like, if we had asked that question, what's the objective? Kill Osama bin Laden. No, that wasn't going to end anything. So they kill Zelensky. Is that going to end anything? No. The West of Ukraine is not giving up on this sovereignty thing. So the natural solution would be what happened, you know, before, which was installing another Putin friendly government and probably a couple of concessions. And that would be those parts in the east that are Russian ethnic minorities. 
that's where I see this going, and that's what I think the objective is. But that's not. This happened in two thousand and eight. This is the this is the same thing over and over again. And I know probably the geopolitical experts are going, duh. This is how these wars are fought. Little concession, a sympathetic guy installed as president, a couple of territorial gains, and then he's going to do it again, and then he's going to do it again. I, that was the speculative part that doesn't get answered by your query, Cor, which is was, again, what are the objectives? How do we know when this thing ends? Well, he's not going to go for uh, Kiev. And if he does go for Kiev, why would he go for Poland? Like, what? there's no justification of objectives for any of this, the only casus belli is a terror war, casus belli, the result of which installs another Russian sympathetic party into the seat that Zelensky sits in, which is basically anti-NATO, which is what he wants. It's all NATO related. Does that, does that make yeah. sense? Because I know I'm yeah. spinning a, a yarn here, but... It, that's the objective is to go back to 2007 which doesn't mm. feel like a great objective but it's because it's not the objective that's stated mm -hmm. the, basically they got to put a guy back on so that Zelensky can't join NATO that's it yeah I think that's it yeah and it kind of frames it interestingly when you go well why do they care about NATO again oh it's because the United States is expansionist <laughs> Yeah, right. And it's kind of like that's going to be the thing that happens is, well, the United States just wants to get this country into NATO, but it wouldn't happen anyway. It's just a weird and pointless war. And the reason why you don't know the real objective is because that highlights kind of the point, unfortunate pointlessness of Zelensky's installation in the first place, which you will remember. There's lots of questions around that. Not a, a sure thing that Zelensky was elected fairly. He's got great control over the media. He's got great control in his own government. He's opposed by a, a, a not a majority, a minority of the citizens in Ukraine, a minority of the citizens in Ukraine. So maybe he did get legitimately elected. And the guy who was obviously an autocrat installed by Russia beforehand was kicked out for that to happen. That's it, it, it's going to be 2008 for them once again. So Bakhmut, what does that role does that play in it? I have no idea. And that's the long way of explaining that I have no idea, but it doesn't seem like anybody really does. And then when I see on TV that general going, we're kind of taking this thing day by day, I think he's telling the truth. Very well might be, man. Very well might be. It's uh yeah, I think they're just more I think it's highly possible that they're just more open about it because they don't have to worry as much. And I know a lot of this is kind of facade, but they don't have to worry as much about elections and things like that in Russia. It's not like no, Putin's going to get unelected. So why not just kind of like, yeah, we're just going to go. And they're they're killing a lot of young people in that country who are the ones who are demographically apt to oppose Putin, by the way. So, yeah, it's it's kind of working in their favor. <laughs> Right. I don't know. It's a grim reality of the way that I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm not a geopolitical expert at all, but this war is very much similar to a terror war and it could be fought forever. It may never end. It might take 25 years for Russia to pull out and then kind of the Ukrainian Zelensky-esque forces end up winning again like they did in Afghanistan. I have no idea. We have no idea. But it's not a real war. It's one of those terror war wars mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. more like that than i think we thought and that's the thesis i'm i'm inclined to agree with you i i'm inclined to agree with you it seems to be going all you know 
Because if it were just sheer territory, it seems to me that, and maybe there are some unspoken bounds, uh, like a you know a certain threshold of force projection used by Russia would then trigger other nations opposing them and sending more weapons or maybe going in with their own troops yeah. and stuff like that. But if it were just mere territorial expansion, it seems to me like Russia could just send send in quite a bit of force and just kind of take it. I mean, that that I, that may be naive or maybe maybe ignorant, but <laughs> I wonder how they're even communicating in those diplomatic channels to do that. Yeah, like, is there, an unspo- <laughs> is there unspoken? Is it unspoken or is it very much spoken? Right. And if it I is bet, like spoken, spoken rules of war, would it look like like things like crazy but light advertisements? <laughs> and they have like a booklet in Russia of like, okay, if they start running the gay Bud Light advertisement, that means we got to do this in Ukraine and they won't do this. And maybe there's lots of coding going on right before our eyes and we just don't maybe. know. Maybe. We literally maybe. have no idea. What do you think we the code, no what, what, when we see that first aggressive horseplay commercial for Volkswagen, what do you think that's going to mean? It'll have immediate implications in the yeah, Ukrainian region. I can tell you that. Probably time for phase two on Kiev, I think. Yeah, yeah. Phase two. The moment, the moment that that strong, handsome man's hand claps into that other strong, handsome man's jean-covered rear, is when Putin looks over at his generals and he goes, "Phase two, it's time." Activate <laughs> phase two. Phase and the king. Two. <laughs> what is the number two? We did I a Childerberg that was Russian. What number? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even I remember don't even that. Know. I don't know. Do. Phase do. I think it would be good, man. I, I like to hope you hope that it's all coordinated in a sort of like Dr. Strange love kind of way, but I don't know. Yeah. That would be romantic. Maybe it is. Yeah, maybe it is. Um oh, this is gonna be kind of funny to a small number of people. Um the MTA. <laughs> that's the that's our new tagline. That's the new podcast tagline. It's gonna <laughs> This is gonna be this funny, is gonna to, be a funny to a small of number of people. <laughs> yeah, let's fucking go. The MTA is raising its prices again. That's right. The Metropolitan Transit Organization or whatever it's called, authority. The thing that the monstrosity that uh, runs all of New York's subway, bus, and other forms of transits is raising its fare prices, which I think is really funny because if you if a lot of people on Twitter or the other day saw the video of that guy whose foot was sticking out, it was just his foot. He got hit by the train and then smushed up against the platform and the train and only his fucking leg was sticking out like the Wicked Witch. It was brutal. I wonder if they have to raise affairs because so many people are being tossed down onto the trains that sufficient damage is being caused as to warrant an increase in like repairs. (laughs) And I mean that sincerely. As somebody who lived in New York, there was one time ever, one time ever, it was at the Forest Hills station. Shout out to all my Queens bros. At the Forest Hill station, a guy got pushed onto those train tracks, and he must have been a hefty enough fella. He died and took a train with him. Good that grief. That platform, whoa, and it was tough. I don't know if he was pushed, because Queens wasn't really a violent place. It was a lazy, fat place. So that guy might have fallen. We fallen don't asleep know. and rolled in. Yeah, rolled in. well, it w- wouldn't be the first time. Wouldn't be the first time Queens put someone to sleep. He hits the train and then the train. It's not like, you know, like a video game where the train just kind of keeps you at the front of it while it's going. (laughs) You smush against the side. 
between the platform and, you know, human being skin is pretty strong. You don't pop or anything. And that's part of the problem is you don't give like a balloon. You're mm -hmm. pretty strong materially. Bones are very tough, even though they break their heart to crush. So the trains, they get a lot of damage, you know, on their on their wheels or sometimes the track can sustain some damage. And then there's always the possibility, which is what happened to the guy in Forest Hills where he's on the third rail and he catches fire. And good Lord, <laughs> some of that that happens. Oh, uh, you know, we don't know, but the the MTA, this has happened a number of times now in, in recent memory where kind of, and I'm not saying this to denigrate the people who died. It's a fucking, fucking tragedy every single time. By the way, that Forest Hill station, my, the apogee of that story was after this guy, it took a couple of weeks to fix. So... You know, just imagine the strain that puts and the amount of repairmen you need when multiple things are happening and blah, blah, blah. You got to raise the fares. If this is happening with enough big portly guys, no offense to them, they're causing, in fact, no offense, kind of a lot of honor. Your body was strong. It took out titanium rail and wheels and it's tough, man. Um, so perks of living in New York. MTA goes up. <laughs> Good, good. Is that stuff. the most depressing story that we? Yeah, had? yeah. <laughs> it was. I was not. It was a combination of it being depressing it and, enti and entirely unrelatable to me. <laughs> really well, didn't have a whole actually, lot of. Didn't I'll have much to contribute to you this to. way. Yeah. At least you don't live there. That's true, man. That's true. The the, the See, when I go go ahead. Uh, no, please. I was just gonna say, I, you know, the only time I really took a lot of public transportation. One, when I lived in D.C. for a little bit, but I only lived there briefly, um, I took the, the uh, you know, Metro or I can't. Remember oh, what yeah. Which is a breeze compared to the MTA. The two. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, and then in Denver, I took the buses every now and then because I live close enough to walk to work. But sometimes it would be cold and snowing. And so I would just hop on the bus. And man, okay. it was uh, even that was it, it's just, you know, tragedy of the commons. Yeah, you just don't want to do it, you know. Yeah. At least back when I was doing it, it was. It sucks. And I was on. I was on a particularly notorious bus line too. So it was. Yeah, it was. It was a little the grim. N. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's called the fifteen. Not, not kidding. That's how they do it in New York. They literally, if it goes through a black neighborhood, it's numbered. They seriously. Oh, really? That's how they did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Some there's some newer black neighborhoods in New York where obviously it doesn't apply. They can't get away with it, but they just added an end line and it goes right through where you'd expect. <laughs> I'm not fucking kidding. This was in the last 10 years. Wow. It's a it's a fascinating city, really. It's a fascinating city. When the only thing I was going to say was when people ask me, why did you leave New York? I don't know how to tell them, like, sometimes a fat guy would get you know, crushed to death <laughs> between the train and the platform on like one of my most used. In fact, it's how I got to work. One of my most used train lines. Uh -huh. I, I don't know how to explain that to people in a manner that doesn't. Like, I, I don't want to make leave every, them cause, leave them gasping yeah. for air. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know what. Yes, yeah, so I'll just do it to my listeners instead, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Good. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. so that's that. Good. Um, good, good, good. Move on. Next story. Yeah. What do we got? Lesb this is what I wrote. <laughs> this is what I wrote in my Notion notes page. 
lesbian warrior cop Esposito, who replaced creepy perv, wants to beat the fuck out of crime. That's what I wrote. So, do you remember another New York story? And it'll be totally unrelatable to you, although it's kind of funny. Um, do you remember? I'm thinking Zelensky. That wasn't his name. Uh, Peter Zelen. I don't remember the guy from New York. I don't even remember him. There was a guy who was running for New York who was a Republican, and he was almost assassinated. Um, and he was just running. I wish I could remember his name. Maybe I'll put it in post. Well, anyway, that guy had his running mate. Her name was um, Esposito was her last name. Allison Esposito, who labels herself as not your traditional politician. She's a lesbian. Zeldin. Lee Zeldin was his name. She's a lesbian lieutenant governor who was a police officer for 25 years. She's currently running for Congress in New York. Why do you care? Two reasons. The first one, who she replaced. She replaced former disgraced NYPD captain headed up the Yankee Stadium security detail. Captain Jeffrey Brianza, one of ours. He operated a substation of officers assigned to game security. And it turns out he had a peephole in the women's oh. bathroom. Oh, boy. Actually, it's the female locker room. So I, I guess in like it's all male teams, there is a female locker room. Maybe there's other sport events that go on, or maybe there's just women are changing into their outfits in the female locker rooms. I don't know. There could be lots of reasons for locker rooms. This guy, yeah, he had a peephole, and he operated the peephole. Forget this. 17 years. Whoa. A 17 years. peephole. That's crazy. That's 17 tenure. years there was a peephole. It was almost legal. So now here's the weird thing. I don't know if this guy, because he got caught in 2021, I don't know if this guy created the people, maintained the people, or was just using a peephole. We have no idea. So this guy gets kicked out. Stunning. And a new woman comes in. She was the captain for a while. I assume she got rid of the people. After captainhood, we hope she got rid of the people, but she is a lesbian, so She's maybe a not. Lesbian, so no. Yeah. You don't know. And I don't think you should assume. She calls herself not your traditional politician. In fact, she calls herself never a politician. She was raised in Highland Mills, New York, beautiful town. Went to the State University of New York at New Delhi University. John Jay. And finally attended the FBI's National Academy at Quantico. She spent 25 years serving the NYPD, and she's got lots of talents, including patrolling Midtown South. A great little fucking neighborhood. A couple of those numbered lines run through there. Um, she saw babies as young as a year old be shot and killed in their uh, strollers at family barbecues. That is very racially coded. These are quotes from her. I just have to say, listen to this statement. I saw babies as young 
as a year old shot and killed in their stroller at a family barbecue, a stray bullet fired by a gang member. That is very particular, that story. I think I even remember when that happened. But she says it as though it happens <laughs> twice a week, like twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, she notices that the, si- the city she loves is deteriorating into a spiral. So what does she do? One thing that she did... <clears throat> One thing that she did as a police officer is that she sent lots of police training and money to countries in Africa to help repair children's cleft palates. It's called NYPD Cares. It's an organization that helps give children their lips back. It was created and headed by Alison Esposito, the woman who's running for Congress in New York. What a strange tale. Every, you know, I looked into this woman and this is one of those articles I would have sent to you and you would have been like, meh. But I was like, there's got to be something here. Back in 2000 and somewhat in the mid 2000s, this woman is repairing African children's cleft, you know what a cleft palate is? They used to call it a hair lip in medieval yeah. times because it looked like a rabbit mouth. Yep. She's out there helping, giving money and police and security to repairing African children's little hair lips while Brienza is forcing people to perform oral sex against him and then raping women on the sink, which is what the lawsuit about the people says, by the way, is that that also <laughs> happened. That one, that didn't take the lead headline. <laughs> <laughs> no, I buried the lead on that one for the joke. Okay, yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> I buried the lead on that one yeah. for a good old four-letter joke. Mm. Um, everybody thought he was a great guy, and everybody loved him at the stadium. Ooh, ooh. Turns out he was wrong, and this woman is out there in Africa picks, fixing people's lips, and now she's running for lieutenant governor. They interviewed some Democrats about this woman, about whether or not they'd vote for her, Lewis Tomlinson, suspicious name. It's a really odd, suspicious name. Yeah, it kind of is. Tomlinson, 17, says the problem is with Republicans, there's a race factor to keep in mind. They support politicians who do and say reprehensible things. So this woman is this guy. This this one guy is raping people on stadium sinks. She's out there fixing African kids' mouths, and you got a seventeen-year-old Democrat going. Well, she could be a racist. <laughs> Which <laughs> the thing is, she could be a racist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she really could be. Yeah, got a point. She really He's totally got a good point. Could, yeah, totally could be with the comment about the barbecue. And but it's you know. So this is the story. Um, this is her. We're not going to exactly track her, but it certainly is uh, something to keep in mind when you're looking through your news. And that is all of our news. The only other thing is that Arnold Schwarzenegger just today said he's never going to retire, uh, which is really interesting because he's on so many steroids. It's like a use case. You know what I mean? Like how long yeah. can he last? I will never retire. I will never retire. Because, you know, you look at like Biden, who's a little older and ugh, not looking good. But I think that Schwarzenegger got a head start with all the steroids. He really could yeah. be like the first guy to live to 200 with all that yeah, steroids. And yeah, then we'll it know seems if like they he's work. Gaining steam. I mean, 
you know. Yes. You've noticed this. Yeah. Yeah. Arnold is like vigorous. Yeah. He's fucking vigorous. Um, let me get the audio clip because it was, frankly speaking, it's a good thing to leave on. It's very inspiring. Um, he's a great guy. So here we go. Why would I retire from what? From giving a speech about hate? Going to the movie set and doing a, you know, foobar? Why would I retire from that? I had the greatest time doing that. Would I retire from doing an environmental promotion or speech or go to university and talk about climate change or something? Why would I retire from that or from my businesses? So, no, I mean, the retirement is not part of my program at all. Very powerful. Um, Arnold, if you were wondering as far as the age goes, what's great is if you just search Arnold on Google, it comes up first. It's excellent. He uh, is currently 75 years of age. He's venerable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's been around, man. He's been around. Been around. So I'm looking forward to whatever he's going to do, I guess. He was already the governor. Would we vote for him? So let's say this, final thought, and then we'll leave. Because we got TLE has to vote for somebody. This corporation mm -hmm. needs to put a vote in. On, on the Republican side, I think we're safe with Nikki Haley. I think that's going to be a great pick. On the left, we've got RFK. And we've got Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who, who's the vote there? Wait, Arnold Schwarzenegger on the left? He's a, he's a Democrat. Now? He's talking about climate change. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, is he officially a Democrat? I don't know. I'll go look it up. But I think he is. Cool. Demo. Democrat. Uh, I thought he was a Republican. Seems like he... Seems like he's registered as a Republican, but I don't know with all that talk. I don't yeah. know if they'll have him. Well, in So California. humor me. Let's say he moves over to the Democratic Party because the Republican Party's left me behind. It didn't getting go to the too, chopper. It's getting too warm out. We need to cool <laughs> it down. I'm sweating. Too many steroids. I'm sweating. We need to cool I the climate. I am the elephant. <laughs> there can only be one elephant in the room. <laughs> it's me it's me i just want to give children sex changes and early abortions <laughs> help me the climate, climate is, is changing hot. we're getting too a lot of impressions too, in on this episode hot. this is a very impression filled episode yeah. powerful stuff yeah who do you go i think he's gonna go for democrat but okay let let humor me and say he does rfk yep. or the governor man who's the yeah. who's the democratic vote for TLA? God, they both have a lot of whimsy they can bring to the table. It's uh, Yeah, I agree. Make it up in your mind. Don't tell me yet. We'll do a three, two, one, and we'll say it together. Okay. All right, let me know when you're ready. Ready. Okay. On three, two, one, go. We'll say it. Yep. Three, two, one. RFK. RFK. Let's okay. go. Nice. Let's Solidarity. fucking go. Yeah, you Solidarity. know, Arnold's a treat, but RFK yep. is my guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's our guy. guy. You saw him talking about Bitcoin, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, did you see I mean, Todd? Did you see Todd comment? <laughs> yes, I did. I just didn't. I mean, just, yes, I just, it was great. I go because Todd thinks we're serious, and God bless him because he's meant to. That's what he does. So I go. I tag Car and RFK is talking about how Bitcoin's really awesome, and I tag Car underneath. And I go Car Camp. It. He's got to be our guy, right, or something like that. And, and Todd, God bless his heart. 
goes, no, 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 you got to wait for the libertarian candidate. This guy's not serious, but they will be something like right. that. And I was like, I liked it. I would like the comment. And I was like, yes, good. Thank you, yeah. Todd. Good seeing yes. you. Good, good, good. good. Yes. I don't know how to tell him I'm voting. I don't know how to tell the guy that I'm voting for Xi Jinping. Yeah. How do I tell him that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll break his little heart. Uh, yeah. He probably doesn't keep up with this show at all. No. And he shouldn't. He shouldn't waste his time. With no, he should not tri- waste his trifles time on like this. this. Yeah, no. Do your thing, Todd. God bless. Yeah. All right. That's the that's the news for the week. Good. Uh, next time we're going to be talking. We might be doing it in person. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, we will. So, uh, listeners, as we said earlier, it may not be an episode on Wednesday, but we're going to get an episode up next week at some point. Um, we got to get it recorded, and I'd like to do it at Childeberg, so see what we can do. Perfect. Uh, yeah, keep me up to date um, on your whereabouts so I can adjust my whereabouts accordingly. Okay, I will do. Very good. All right, until next week, two hands on the wheel. Huh.